Okay. Is oatmeal good or bad for weight loss? My name is Joy, the Detox Coach, and I want to start off by explaining my personal definition of detox to you. I believe that a detox is a specified amount of time where you cleanse whatever is weakening the body and mind and you rebuild with things that are strengthening the body and mind. Let me say that one more time. A detox is a specified amount of time where you're cleansing what's weakening the body and mind and you're rebuilding with what strengthens the body and mind. So what's interesting is when I started as a holistic wellness practitioner over almost two decades ago now, uh, originally I started out with helping people to rebuild with holistic habits such as fitness and nutrition and diet and supplements. And then I ended up discovering that people would commit to all of those new practices, but they never took time to purge things from their body and minds that were weakening them. So then I later also became a synergist kinesiologist with the ability to do muscle testing. And that was one of my modalities that I used to help people to purge things from the mind and emotions in addition to detox plans where you're cleansing the body of uh, foods and liquids that are weakening it for a specified period of time. I also want you all to pay attention to the fact that I keep saying a specified period of time. That is very, 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 um, that, that, that's the operative word and operative phrase. And the reason why is think about New Year's. On New Year's Day, what do people do? On New Year's Day, people tend to say, I'm about to leave sugar and exit out of my life forever. I'm about to exit alcohol out of my life forever. I am about to exit sodas out of my life forever. And the brain does not like when you do that. The brain does not like when you tell yourself that you're about to X something out of your life forever. Actually, your brain does not believe you. <laughs> your brain is like, liar, liar, pants on fire. And so what happens is, if your brain believes you're lying, it's going to sabotage you. Either your brain is gonna be your friend and it's gonna support you, or it's going to be your enemy and it's going to sabotage you. So when you use language like forever, just know that you're setting yourself up for failure off the bat, off the bat, like straight up setting yourself up for failure. Do you want to do that? I don't want, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. And people do that all the time and they don't know that's the missing link. Another thing people do all the time and they don't realize it's the missing link is they think that the solution is always to add new habits. So they're adding all these new beautiful habits on a cracked foundation and then wonder why they don't last. Okay, it takes both. Think of detoxing as ad addition and subtraction. What are you adding? What are you subtracting? And for what specified amount of time? When you tell your brain a specified amount of time, it supports you. It's like, oh, we're only doing that for four days? Oh, we're only doing that for 14 days? Oh, we're only doing that for 30 days? Got it, we can do that. I can support that, no problem. And so what's beautiful about it is when you do that, 
Um, not only does it support you, but it, it believes you. It believes that that is something that you can accomplish. Now, let me tell you why it's a brain hack. The reason why it's a hack, and we're hacking the brain, we're tricking the brain, is because of the fact that, hello, what happens after you do something for a certain duration? Now, all of a sudden, it becomes a habit, and habits are something that now you're doing because it's a habit and not out of willpower. So we just need something to become a habit. That's why you don't need discipline. You just need something to become a habit. And once it's a habit, boom, bam, pow, ping, you are in it to win it. Once something becomes a habit, that was actually good news for me because I'm not motivated by, um, well, I don't consider myself a disciplined person. You may say, what, Joy, you are in the holistic wellness industry. What do you mean you're not disciplined? Well, some people are naturally disciplined. That is not me. So I like hacks. I like ways of tricking myself into doing the behavior that I want to do to yield the results I want to yield because that's the only reason why I'm doing any of this. You have to know what your motivation is. And my motivation is I want the results. That is what I'm motivated by. I am motivated with seeing the results. That's why I'm not a fan of baby steps. I'm not a fan of anything that does not yield fast results because if you do not get fast results, you'll eventually get demotivated and you will stop. You'll say, well, I'm wasting my time. That's why sometimes I look at people and I see them and they're just like, I'm just going to walk 100 steps a day or 500 steps a day or 1,000 steps a day and they're doing these little walking. Or I'm just going to add an apple a day. And they're making these baby steps, but baby steps yield baby results. And who wants baby results? That ends up demotivating you and you'll stop all activity. Because you'll say, I've tried this, I've tried that, nothing worked. So let's go ahead and jump right into the three questions I have today. Um, Also, FYI, just know that you can ask me your personal question by texting me your question at area code 747-777-6304. You can text me your question and I may answer it live on Ask Joy the Detox Coach. So starting off today, my first question is, Joy, is oatmeal good or bad for weight loss? Let me say that again. Joy, is oatmeal good or bad for weight loss? Okay, this is actually a good question, but I want you to do something. There's some, there's reprogramming I have to do when I talk to you guys. I can't just talk to you guys and tell you new information. You have to realize that There's some information that you're already programmed with, meaning that it's a deeply held belief for you, okay? So we have to reprogram some things. Number one, what do we need to reprogram? We need to get you out of the mentality of believing that when it comes to food, we all know that as as it relates to eating, we, as humans, we only have three foods that we eat, right? Three macronutrients, carbs, proteins, fats, that's it. Those are our three options, carbs, protein, fat. And um, unfortunately, over the years, people have uh, demonized each one of those food groups for the sake of whatever diet they were promoting at the time. So they may say, oh, all fat is bad for you. Fat makes you fat. 
and then all of a sudden you have groups of people who are demonizing fat, eliminating a whole macronutrient food group from their diet. It's a hot mess, okay? It's a hot mess. Just, just know that. Um, and then there's phases where they're demonizing protein or then there's a phase where there's demoni- they're demonizing carbs and saying carbs are bad, carbs make you fat. And the bottom line is we all know that there's two groups of carbs. We all know that there is simple carbs and complex carbs and complex carbs will always be good for you. And so instead of thinking carbs, what I tell people to help reprogram themselves first and foremost is stop thinking of carbs as carbs and think of carbs as fiber. Okay. So when you think of carbs as fiber, Most people have a good connotation with fiber. Most people, when you say the word fiber, you know, there's the the happy, the happy hormones dance around throughout the body when they hear the word fiber, because we've been programmed to believe that fiber is good for us. And that actually is truth. Okay. Carbs in the form of fiber, which means it's a complex carb, means that it's going to help you with elimination, AKA bowel movements. Okay. So therefore, from that standpoint, carbs are good for you. And um, actually the body, uh, in my book, R3 Diet, I go into the percentages of each one. Because actually that's where I think people make the biggest mistakes when it comes to diet is which percentage of carbs do they need every day? Which percentage of fat do they need every day? Which percentage of protein do they need every day? And that's where people mess up. So my strongly held belief is that the ratio should be 60% carbs, 30%, what am I about to say? 30% what? 30% fat and 10 to 15% protein. I believe especially Americans, most Americans eat Way, 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 too much protein, especially too much animal protein, because that's where most Americans consume their protein in the form of animal protein. So, and they're over the way, way, way too much protein. Too much protein is it's even difficult and challenging for the body to process it. Okay, not to mention the fact that. They're constantly eating food and snacking all throughout the day, which causes them to even um, not even be able to process the, the, the animal protein efficiently because before it's even fully processed, they've eaten a million and one other things, okay? So we're just programmed to eat way too much food, way too often, way too much animal protein. And so that's where you have to reprogram yourself. So Is oatmeal good or bad for your weight loss? Oatmeal is excellent for weight loss because of the fact that oatmeal, we're talking fiber. And yes, there are different kinds of oatmeal. I'm not gonna get into that. You got the steel cut oats, got all these different kinds of oats, but the bottom line is oatmeal is good for you. Um, However, I like, so you may say, well, how often to eat oatmeal? Like I'm not eating oatmeal every day. I may eat oatmeal two or three times a month. Because my preferred form of getting in my carbs is through in the form of fruit because of the fact that the fruit just is like Drano for the body. It's like pushing it all out. It's like, it, it, it's like magic. Fruit is like the Drano of all your pipes, okay? It's gonna keep you cleansed. So I love fruit and I eat uh, a high, high amounts of fruit. And so therefore I don't, um, I don't eat oatmeal every day because typically for 
for my first few meals, they they consist of fruit, okay? Um, fruit and vegetables. All right, so that was question number one. Let's go ahead and move on to question number two, okay? Question number two, cowboys and cowgirls, is which fruit and vegetable should be avoided during weight loss? Which fruit and vegetable should be avoided during weight loss? This is actually a really good question as well. Um, Here's the deal when it comes to fruit and vegetables. All fruit and vegetables are good for you. However, when you are transitioning your diet from what I call the standard American diet, the SAD, the standard American diet, that's what that stands for, S-A-D, the SAD diet. When you're transitioning from the SAD diet to healthy eating, I don't like the word clean eating because what does clean eating mean? You can ask 100 people what clean eating means and you'll get 100 different responses. So I don't like, I don't like terms and phrases that are um, that cannot be clearly defined because if you don't have clearly clear definitions, then what does that actually mean? That's actually why I don't like the word balanced. You have to have balance. What does balance mean? What, what, what is balance? Tell me. You cannot explain balance, but you have people saying that all the time as if it means something. No, get the heck out of here with that word balance. I cannot stand it. I'm cringing already just thinking about it. Um, Anyway, um, so with that being the case, which fruit and vegetables should be avoided during weight loss? Oh, also that first question came from Chicago. This question is all the way from Canada. And I'm in Naples, Florida, for those of you who don't know. So, um... All right, yeah, this question is from Canada. It's cold there now. Um, So here's the deal when it comes to avoiding fruit and vegetables. Because you're transitioning from the standard American diet, the SAD, the SAD diet, to a healthy way of living and and healthy eating, sometimes there is a, a phase that you have to go through where during that phase, your body has to get readjusted, okay? So that's important for you to know because it doesn't mean that your body cannot tolerate that fruit or vegetable. It's just for a short period of time while it, get, while it gets reacclimated to what you're doing. So it may be a week or two weeks, sometimes even up to a month where it's still not, it's not used to you consuming a high fiber diet. Your, your system is not used to it, even though that's optimal. It's your body is still not used to it. So you have to give it a you have to give it time to adjust to the new thing that you're doing. But I promise you, during that phase where you're adjust to where you're getting readjusted, it's so worth it. Even though you may have some unpleasant symptoms like cramping or constipation or diarrhea or um, even mood swings, you may have some of those unpleasant feelings. But it's worth it because once you overcome them, now you're in the glory land. Now you're feeling good. Now you're feeling optimized. Now your energy levels are through the roof. So who wouldn't go through a little bit of mud to get to the sunshine and the Skittles and the rainbows and the gumdrops? Who wouldn't? Freaking sign me up if you just got to go through a little bit of mud for a small, short amount of time. 
and then all of a sudden you're in your glory land. Like, sign me up. So don't get discouraged when you have those unpleasant symptoms at first. Be discouraged at the fact that it took you so long to get to this point. You're behind. Let's keep it real. You're behind. You're behind, 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 behind. You should have started this stuff a long time ago. But no. You've been talking yourself out of it. You've been listening to your excuses. You've been living your excuses. You've been believing your excuses. So you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. But now it's time for you to realize that because of your negligence, and it's not just you. Let me let me just be clear with that for a second. Like, I, I'm not going to bash you. It's not just you. It's some things that you have to unlearn too. Think about it. Like if you were programmed a certain way, if you have some habits that were not your fault, like that's how you were born and raised. That what those were common eating habits in your childhood and maybe your grandparents and your great grandparents kitchen and cabinets and pantry look similar to your mom's and parents kitchen pantry and cabinets like All of that stuff is just generationally passed down. And these are behavioral uh, patterns, okay? So they don't just go away easily. You have to, number one, become aware that it's not optimal. Just because it's been passed down does not mean it's optimal. I'll never forget that. One day I was in the grocery store and I looked at my cart and I'm like, oh my, like my cart looks completely different (laughs) than what my my mom's grocery cart looked like or what my grandma's grocery cart looked like, like completely different. And sometimes you have to realize like, man, I am this living this new version of me now. And it's okay. It's okay that you're this new person now. This is what you've always wanted. Something in you told you that that old way was not optimal. That's why you constantly come back to the drawing board. That's why you've not given up on yourself all this time. So even though I'm bashing you because I'm saying you take, look at all this time that has lapsed and you're, you're just getting started and you're already 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. At the same time, I'm saying pat yourself on the back that you stayed in the game, that you're here, that you're listening to this. If you're listening to this right now, if you're listening to me, by the time people get to me, most, in most cases, by the time you get to me, Joy, the freaking detox coach, by the time you get to me, you've already tried so many things. You've been through the ringer, baby. That's why I think a lot of those people like that identify with me. It's like, come on now, I've been there before. I've been there before with the bologna sandwiches. Bologna, you can't even say bologna. That's too prim and proper. The bologna sandwiches. I've been there with the ramen noodles back in the day. I've been there with the, oh my gosh, one day when I was a kid, I'll never forget. I don't know why, what happened. I don't know if these freaking things were on sale, but <laughs> my mom bought like all of these, what are they called? Oh my gosh, what are, chicken pot pies. They're called pot pies. And she bought like a bunch of them. And like, we had a deep freezer and they were all in the deep freezer. And when I tell you, you couldn't pay me to eat a chicken pot pie right now in my life. Like it, they were coming out of my ears back then for whatever reason inundated with chicken pot pie. So I've been there before. And I think that that's why I appreciate this way of life even more because I'm not going back. I love my energy levels. I dare you to think you can beat me in a sprint. 
You know what I mean? I dare your 17-year-old child to think they could beat me in a sprint. Why? Because of the fact that this lifestyle comes with a lot of benefits. And that's what I'm here for, guys. I'm here for the benefits. Bring them. Bring them, bring them. I want what, I'm not leaving anything on the table. I want what's mine. All right? I went hard when I was with that old lifestyle. I went hard for sugar, sweets, junk food. I went hard for all that stuff. That means I was sold out on that and now I'm sold out on this lifestyle. And I promise you I'm not going back. And that's the mentality you have to have. Imagine that. Imagine you wake up every day from now on, from this point on with this mentality that says, move out of my way or get run over. This is, this is the new me. I'm accepting the new me. You're going to have to accept it or get run over. And it is, it is very satisfying. It is liberating. It is very powerful. Step in your powerful. So let's go ahead to num- question number three that can't, is, is in all the way from Australia. This person is asking, how do childhood trauma affect us later in life? How does childhood trauma affect us later in life? That's a loaded question because obviously it affects us in a lot of different ways. It doesn't just affect us in one way. It affects us in a lot of different ways. However, I will say that I I can't say for sure that this way is the number one way it affects you, but I can guarantee it's in the top three. And that is, it is going to affect your self-image. And again, my definition of self-image is how you see yourself in the world around you. So that deals with your identity. How you see yourself in the world around you. And so let me read something really quickly from, um, I want to read something really quickly from my book, Supercharge Your Superhuman. On page 26, it says, um, the, the chapter before we were talking about limiting beliefs. And so on page 26, it says, all of those limiting beliefs cause you to have self-doubt, which affects your self-image. Having a royal self-image is what I like to call it, is how you see yourself and the world around you. Personally, I think the situation is black and white. You either have a poor self-image or a high self-image. So when you are dealing with childhood traumas and emotional issues that you had, an emotional dysfunction that stemmed from childhood, it's going to affect how you see yourself in the world around you big time, which affects what I call your self-image set point. So let me explain what a self-image set point is. We all have a thermometer in our homes and our thermometer, uh, a thermostat actually. The thermostat could be set to 76. But if someone opens the door and it's the middle of winter and it's zero degrees outside, then all that cold air is now coming into the house and all of a sudden the temperature will drop to 75, 74, 73, 70, 69, 68, and it's steady, steady dropping. And then all of a sudden the set point kicks in and it starts to bring the temperature back up to what it's set and programmed uh, as. And at that point it's back up to 76 because that is what the programming is. So that is what happens when you are, when you don't do anything, going back to what I started this, this off discussing, that's what happens when you do not cleanse and purge things. 
and all you're doing is rebuilding new habits. When you don't cleanse and purge some of that stuff that happened in childhood, some things are you're consciously aware of, some things are below your radar, so that's subconscious being stored in your subconscious. And so if you don't do anything, if you don't have any type of uh, regular modalities or practices to release that, then you cannot see it. It is invisible. However, its effects are very visible. So it will affect your self-image set point. So a good example is you may have something that happened in childhood that causes you to hold on to stored fat. Okay. And you are doing all these external practices such as fitness. Maybe you've changed your eating. Maybe you are making sure you're getting more sleep now. And so you're having all these external practices that you are sticking to, but, 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 but you've never done anything to address that invisible elephant in a room, which is the subconscious, uh, trauma that occurred to you when you were a child. So what happens is you'll go through all of those behaviors and activities and actions, and you may yield a little bit of results, what I call baby results. So what will happen is you'll take two steps forward, but six steps back. And then something will happen and you'll say, man, nothing ever works for me. I am always in square one when it comes to this. Back to square one, back to square one, back to square one. So that is actually how you can tell that you do have a low self-image set point in a certain area in your life. Ask yourself this question. Ask yourself, which part of my life do I constantly look up and catch myself back in square one on? No matter how hard I try. I look up and I'm like, man, I have to start over again. Man, I have another setback again. Man, I'm struggling in this area again. Man, I'm sabotaging myself in this area again. Man, I never can seem to get ahead in this area. If that's you, that means you have a low self-image set point in that particular area, okay? So you may be doing very well financially and as it relates to wealth, but then your health may be deteriorating. So in some cases you may have, it may not be affecting you. You may be um, very successful in one area of your life, but in one or two other areas, you're constantly having the same battle show up over and over and over and over, okay? So um, with that, I'm gonna end with a random question. This is a random, random, random question. And that is, is saying restroom more polite than saying bathroom? (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea if it's more polite, but I will say when I'm out in public, I typically say restroom more than bathroom. So I I personally say bathroom more when I'm talking about a, a, a restroom in a home, in a house, then I say bathroom. But if it's a public bathroom, then I call it a restroom. So that's just me. What about you? What do you guys think on that one? (laughs) Interesting. Um, Last but not least, before I sign off, I do, do, do want to give you guys my secret sauce to life, which is having Christ within, 
having Christ within. So I want to invite you, if you've never invited Christ into your heart, to give him a chance. See what happens when you invite him into your heart. Because all I know is this, and that is I can do life alone and carry the weight of the world on my own shoulders, but I don't want to do that. I want to co-create with the creator of all. And so um, that started happening for me when I took my first step. My first step in this whole journey started with me um, saying this prayer of salvation and my life has never been the same since. So all you have to do is say, Heavenly Father, I come to you from the depths of my heart, realizing I've sinned, I repent of my sins and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the son of God and I and died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and live in me now. I receive by faith you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comforter to help me obey you. You and do your will. And it's in Jesus' name that I believe and receive. The things prayed this day. Amen. If you just said that prayer and started believing that for the first time, let me welcome you to the kingdom. This is a kingdom. This is all of our kingdom business. And so, like I said, welcome to the family. Um, Until next time, you can catch me each and every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on this Ask Joy, the Detox Coach radio show. And if you would like me to answer one of your questions live on the show, just text me your question at area code 747-777-6304. R3 for a lie. Bye.